So welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Now that Labor Day has come and gone, summer is giving way to fall, and we're starting to feel the change of the seasons. Cooler mornings, cooler evenings, autumn is upon us. And that means busier schedules for us all. Folks have come back from vacation, school is back in session, and the blue and yellow metro lines will soon be up and running once again. Tomorrow, tomorrow, right? How many of you have been impacted by that over the summer with commuting? Yeah, a fair number of folks. It's been a long summer because of that. Of course, there's a cost that goes with all of that platform repair on the blue and yellow line metro stops. Big cost involved. There's a cost that goes with education and learning. All of the school supplies and school clothes, tuition, lunch money, just to name a few. And having come back from vacation, we know that it costs money to go on vacation as well. There's a cost to everything in this life, so it seems. And Jesus makes clear there is a cost in discipleship, in following him as he tells us today. This weekend, we begin a new year of learning and growing in the Christian faith that we share what we call Kickoff Sunday, and it happens to coincide with Kickoff Sunday for the NFL that is actually today. All of the educational opportunities and the life of our congregation begin either today or in the week ahead. Cross-exploration our new Sunday morning children's ministry. Uh, we have adult and midweek Bible classes. We have confirmation classes. We have English as a second language classes. The ministry of our early childhood education center for preschool children and their learning. Is there a cost involved with all of these things? Sure, of course there is expenses with materials and supplies and staff salaries, but other costs as well. Time, preparation, and commitment. So on this kickoff Sunday, Jesus talks about the cost of discipleship in that gospel lesson and what it means to follow him as his disciples today. That becomes the theme for preaching. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. Jesus' words in the gospel lesson may strike us as harsh, even cruel. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. What in the world is Jesus talking about? And how are we to understand this in our lives as Jesus' followers today? The context here is that Jesus is steadily making his way toward Jerusalem and what awaits him there. Rejection, betrayal, 
suffering, death on the cross, and ultimately resurrection. All of those great crowds that accompanied him, that's how the gospel lesson for today begins. All of those crowds, Jesus wants to be clear about what the situation at hand will be, not just for him, but for them as well by extension. Following Jesus then or now is not a promise of a sweet and easy life. Jesus never said it would be. We will not always get what we hope for. We will not always have sunshine on our path. Jesus tells would-be disciples that following him will not be convenient. It may mean that we have to make difficult decisions, hard choices. Following Jesus may well impact the relationships we have, sometimes even within our own family. What is important to us, how we view and understand life, our priorities, all of these are seen through the cross of Christ who loved us and laid down his life for us. That's the starting point for our life as disciples. As Martin Luther once said, a religion that gives nothing, that costs nothing, that suffers nothing, is worth nothing. So it is. Count the cost. Jesus cautions us, count the cost. Just as someone who is undertaking a building project better make sure they understand what the bottom line is so that having started your building, you're able to finish it. Otherwise, you're going to look pretty foolish. Count the cost, Jesus cautions us. Just as a ruler who is preparing for war needs to consider available resources and boots on the ground over against what the other side can muster. Friends, Jesus' purpose here, as well as the purpose of this message, is not to scare people away from the kingdom of God, quite the opposite. But the purpose here is to enter into that kingdom with our eyes wide open so we know what following Jesus and being his disciple means taking up our cross and following Jesus is going to look different in each one of our lives because our situations, our circumstances in life are different. For example, Paul the Apostle, author of today's epistle lesson in Philemon, wrote that letter from his prison cell. Paul was imprisoned for the sake of the gospel and eventually Paul would lay down his life for the sake of the gospel. That is the cross which Paul bore in his life. And that may not be the same at all for what you and I bear in our own lives. 
That was the cost of discipleship for Paul. But you see, Paul willingly bore it because he knew that Jesus had laid down his life for him. And Jesus laid down his life not just for Paul, but for all of us. Jesus has given his life on the cross for us and for our salvation. And so because that is the starting point of discipleship, can we now accept the cost of discipleship in our own lives because of what Jesus has done for us? Even in the midst of setbacks, adversities, difficulties, and hardship. Will we trust that Jesus is at work in our lives to transform all of these things, to transform disappointment and grief and suffering and sorrow into blessing as only he can do? Friends, discipleship is more than just showing up on Sunday morning and checking the box. I'm glad you have showed up for Sunday morning. Let me be clear on that. But the point is, how do we carry Sunday forward into the week ahead, into Monday morning and Wednesday afternoon and Friday night? If we're Sunday only disciples, then our faith is stunted and shallow. Discipleship is faithfully following Christ through all of life, being sustained by his life-giving word, by the gifts of holy baptism and the Lord's Supper, by our life together. It means following Christ, not just when we feel strong and confident and courageous, it also means the opposite. Following Christ when we do not, when we feel weak, and fearful and uncertain, following Christ not just in good times, but in bad times, through all of the ups and downs of life. Discipleship is rooted in what God has done for us, not what we can do for God. Discipleship is centered in God's never-failing love for us, his mercies which are new to us every day, his steadfast love which is from everlasting to everlasting. And because of what God in Christ has done for us, not withholding even the life of his only son, we have been set free to a new kind of obedience. And obedience that is not drudgery and a have to, but an obedience that is freedom and a want to. The motivation has been turned upside down on its head. This is what we have been set for, not just lukewarm, half-hearted following, but following Jesus wholeheartedly and joyfully, as we hear in today's Old Testament lesson, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, holding fast to him, for he is your life and length of days. When all is said and done, that 
is the cost and outcome of discipleship, life and love. At the start of this new year of learning, this is an opportune time to do a reset, push that reset button in our lives, in our life of discipleship. We can come up with a thousand different reasons about why we can't be in Bible class or why we can't be in a small group huddle or why we can't be in a missional community. As Jesus told Martha, there is one thing needful. And when all of the stuff of life falls away, and it does eventually, Jesus is the one thing that remains. He is that one thing needful. Don't just drop off the kids for the education hour and then you go out to Starbucks or do your grocery shopping. Model for them faithfulness of being in the word and you will be blessed through it. We all lead busy lives. You don't need me to tell you that. But if we are too busy to be in God's word, my friends, we are too busy. Come, Jesus says. Come and explore who Jesus is, what he has done for you, how much he loves you what he says to you in his word, his word which is spirit and life. Come and find support and encouragement and strength and blessing from your brothers and sisters for your own journey of faith. Consider these five mission practices and the five questions that go with them that we've been lifting up for the last four years in the life of our congregation. What does it mean to join Jesus on his mission? Because friends, everything in here is for out there. This is discipleship. Seeking the kingdom and asking the question, how did I see God at work in my life this week? today, whenever, hearing from Jesus, what is God teaching me in his word? What is God teaching you in his word? Talking with people, listening to people. What kinds of conversations are you having? Not just amongst ourselves within the congregation, but with people out there who are not part of this congregation or maybe any congregation. Remember, all of this in here is for out there. Doing good. People are hungry for what is the good in life today. We hear so much of what is bad, what is negative. What's the good we can do around here? And finally, ministering through prayer. This is one of the important tools in our spiritual toolbox. How can we minister to you through prayer? You may be familiar with this individual, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. 
a German Lutheran pastor who was executed by the Nazis at the very close of World War II. He wrote a number of books. Probably the most famous is this, The Cost of Discipleship. And in this book, Bonhoeffer distinguishes between cheap grace and costly grace. And I share a portion of this with you now. Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. It is baptism without church discipline. It is communion without confession. It is absolution without personal confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship. Grace without the cross, grace without Jesus Christ. Costly grace is the treasure hidden in the field. For the sake of it, a man will gladly go and sell all that he has. It is the pearl of great price to buy which the merchant will sell all of his goods. It is the kingly rule of Christ for whose sake a man will pluck out the eye which causes him to stumble. It is the call of Jesus Christ at which the disciple leaves his nets to follow him. Costly grace is the gospel which must be sought again and again, the gift which must be asked for, the door at which we must knock. Such grace is costly because it calls us to follow, and it is grace because it calls us to follow Jesus Christ. It is costly because it will cost us our life. And it is grace because it gives the only true life. It is costly because it condemns sin and it is grace because it justifies the sinner. Above all, it is costly because it cost God the life of his son. And what has cost God much cannot be cheap for us. Above all, it is grace because God did not reckon his son too dear a price to pay for our life, but freely offered him up for us all. May the Lord who loves us, who laid down his life for us, so work in our hearts and minds that we may not fear the cost of discipleship, but rejoice that he calls us disciples all by his grace, all for his glory, so that we become a living witness of what the psalmist wrote in that psalm we spoke together. We become like that tree planted by streams of water, bearing fruit in due season, and whose leaf does not wither. May God make it so for Jesus' sake. Amen. And the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly. Your spirit, your soul, and your body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, 
and he will do it. Amen.